Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and this week I am joined with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. And Zach Katie. Hey I'm sorry, my name is not Andrew Lewinsky today. It is Andrew Lewinsky, so I hope uh, everyone caught that. And I'm Zach Cody. Zach Cody. Brett Froman. And, and Jonathan Lowe. Jonathan Lowe. All right. So we just got back from the Nova Open. Um, we basically had a pretty good showing, I'd say. Um, but we're just going to recap like our weekend there. We're not going to get into too many details. We have a little bit of cut data. Um, just our personal experiences. We're not going to keep it a very long episode just because we're all exhausted. And it was a long weekend. But overall, I mean, this was probably one of the most fun weekends ever. Um, we'll talk about prize support a little bit we'll talk about the cut we'll talk about you know we'll try not to get too bat reppy into everything um but you know this is the cut this is the tournament that you know a lot of us look forward to each year uh we also had the australia system open i think this is their first system open ever over there so um awesome job with that they had over 250 players i believe and we don't have too much data right now about it. Probably our next data episode is going to be next week. So, the, like I said, this is kind of just a wind-down recap episode. But what we do know is that it was a heightened perception Dooku with six vultures that took it. So it was a separatist list, which is pretty cool. Um, so, uh, well, like I said, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more into details next week. Um, do any of you guys have anything about this? Uh, want to talk about this at all? Or uh, I think it's kind of cool that separatists have actually won a big event like this. Yeah, I think that's cool. Zach's a separatist, separatist player now, so he's looking forward to it. I am. I bought two servants of strife at Nova, and then came home and magnetized the wings on my vultures. So uh, I'm gonna land on some rocks and be fine with it. <laughs> rocks and debris. Don't forget. And debris. Cool. Screw clouds. Those pesky clouds. All right, so we're going to go into the Nova Open. I know there's a lot of shade being thrown around with the prize support. There was no real participation uh, prizes or anything like that. And the top cut did not get a prize until the top 16. And then it went from there on. But we this is one of like the first tournaments that they kind of did the faction prize support where uh, with two days it was kind of hard to do because they wanted to make sure that you know their cut was kept to a top 64 which has been the running nova or nationals cut for many years now so they wanted to try to keep that but at the same time i i know with running tournaments and everything like that it, it gets a little bit hectic when you have to keep the prizes to the next day cut because then you're gonna have people that can't make it and everything like that so that what they did is so if there was like a top 16 faction support prize they just did eight for the first heat and eight for the second heat which i guess makes sense but i think at the same time it disappointed a lot of people because they they might have maybe placed a little bit better if you know they all were given out on the second day so or on the day two so, I, I know there was some disappointment there. I wouldn't expect this going forward with FFG to be the same. I know some people were talking, oh, I'm not going to come back to Nova if this is going to be the running thing. But, like I said, I, I think this was like a test program. And definitely, people are voicing their feedback for this, which is fine. Like, I think FFG really kind of has to take a look at this. 
Um, because these prizes were announced before Continental prizes, and I think Continental prizes were absolutely 100% better. So I would say definitely looking forward to maybe really just keep an eye out. Like, don't, don't, this is the first instance of it. Let's see if it gets better. Like, it definitely sucks, but I think at the same time, like I said, testing period, we'll figure it out next year. And if, if it is the same, then, you know, maybe we do raise hell. But um, other than that, I mean, I got a Paylop card. I mean, granted, it, it was a little disappointing going into, like, cut or anything like that and not going forward. But there were some really cool prizes. Like, Zach, you were top scum player on the Heat 1, so you got your range ruler, damage deck, and the Paylop card. Yeah, I'm not complaining at all because I got some pretty cool stuff. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't particularly agree with the people that say that you needed to, like, wait to hand out, like, the faction prizes. Like, that just raises all kinds of other problems about, you know, then people are going to complain about, oh, well, you had an easier run on day two because there was, you know less good competition there than day one, blah, 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 blah. Like, you're never going to win these arguments 100% of the time. Like, you're never going to make 100% of people happy. I think the way they did it is fine. Yeah. As far as the faction prices go. Like, it made sense to me. Like, each heat was its own kind of self-contained thing. Right. I thought it made sense, too. And I, I, I mean, I was a little disappointed at the number of prizes that were available, but I did think that the faction-specific ones really served the, the purpose that FFG was going for in that most people, you know, no matter how many losses they had, they did not drop because they thought, you know, I still have a chance to get something here if I keep playing. I mean, by round six, there were so many people still playing. It was so different than a normal, you know, big tournament where people just, you know, drop as soon as they know they're out of the cut. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing that I would actually love to see happen for these size tournaments just across the board is what they do for the system opens. Like I would like to see the whole point system with a prize wall. Like cause the biggest for me, the biggest problem with Nova this year was just drops. Like there were a lot of drops. It's why a bunch, like also I saw a lot of people on Facebook complaining that three and three shouldn't get into the cut. Well, like that's, what's going to happen when you have to do a 64 cut and a ton of people drop. Like, that's just the way it's going to shake out. And I think one of the ways that you keep people from, at least like, like packs back in December, a bunch of people didn't drop because they wanted to hang on and get that, you know, participation ticket and build up enough tickets to go grab some sweet prizes off the prize wall. Like, I think that was a very easy, brilliant system. And I'd like to see that adopted at more larger tournaments. I definitely agree. with. I think the ticket system is the best way uh, going forward. Because, like, even if you lose, you still get, like, some kind of tickets going um, for that. You can rack up those tickets. And, you know, they might not have prizes that are just as exclusive for the cut. But, like, I mean, there are some really cool things that you can get off of those walls. And, like, you know, you winning is going to just advance those tickets for getting, like, the cool prizes, too. And And then they have the top cut prizes on top of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I love my Rebel templates. They're pretty great. But my favorite thing from PAX is that sweet Gurry card that I got off the prize wall. Like, fat Gurry's my love, so. <laughs> she has an appropriately Gurry. thick card. Gotcha. So I, I mean, I completely agree. I think everyone would that the prize wall was, was great. Um, 
and I'm just looking at the numbers, and it looks like your day had a lot more people drop um, yeah. for Nova than ours did, um, which was, you know, I, I wasn't expecting that, right? Because I, I was just saying how impressed I was that there were still 78 people playing at the end of the day. Um, and I, I thought that more people were dropping out of packs than there were at Nova. So I, I kind of wonder why Friday had such a, a higher drop rate. Beer. Beer. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, I, I think me personally, the ticket system's great. I know they do that with Worlds and, and a lot of their other system open events. So maybe maybe that should be the way FFG goes. Hopefully they do figure something out soon. Um, you know, with, with the change of organized play department there, you know, the, uh, maybe they're still working out kinks and, and they're still trying to figure everything out. So hopefully it does resolve. Uh, I mean, overall, though, the, the prize support, I think, was really cool if you did get something. Um, but hopefully, like I said, hopefully you do make everyone else happy. Um, but let's go into the data that we have right now. First, I would like to thank, you know, everyone that collected all the data. I know the crates and Chris, they do tremendous data collection just for, you know, to have numbers and everything like that. And, you know, this data is not completely, I would say, 100% accurate because what we have right here is the cut numbers and percentages. But there were some people that could not attend, so like their numbers might not be in the cut or anything like that. So this is the closest thing that we have. But overall, like I would say there is a huge representation of or I'm sorry, there's a very even representation across the board. Like so granted we do have some higher numbers where Imperial would had fourteen players in the cut at twenty one percent, Republic had 13 players at 20%. Now, granted, these numbers are rounded, so don't quote me that it's going to end up to be like 105%. Uh, Rebels had and Resistance both had 8 players at 12.5%. Scum with 7 players at 11%, and Separatists with 4 at 6%. So, I mean, with the exception of maybe, let's say, like, Scum and Separatists, even, even still Scum was, like, right behind Resistance and Rebels... I'm pretty impressed with these numbers. Like, we were absolutely expecting Imperial and Republic to just dominate. And, and granted, they were the top table for the Nova Open. But I think at the same time, like, everything else is, like, kind of, like, there's a chance. Like, you can bust into cut and you can still perform very well. Um, which I'd have to say is a very good state of game at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Like, one of the things that I really noticed across both days, well, all three days that I was there, I was there Saturday, I didn't play, but I was wandering around, was just, like, the list variety. Like, when I looked up Friday between, like, during a game and looked at the tables around me, like, there was just all kinds of cool shit on the tables around me. It was never, like, oh, there's another Imp Aces, Imp Aces mirror match. A Sinker Swarm's fighting a Sinker Swarm. Like, no, like there was like a very good variety across all the tables. Yeah, definitely. Like even with Republic, like I mean, so you know, we did see Sinker Swarms, we did see two Jedi and Rick, um, but then we also saw things like I, I know Josh Holt was running just two Jedi. Like I think he was running Anakin and Mace, and like you know he got into cut, and, and like it, it's really kind of cool seeing like the different varieties. Like even I know with these scum lists, like I think there was not one was the same list like everything was a little bit different and like you can kind of put flares onto your own lists 
and still perform at, at a high level, which definitely yeah. says something about the game at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Even the imperialists. Brett. The Ty aggressor made the cut, guys. I mean, yeah. aggressor. Aggressor didn't only make the cut. He made it to top eight, didn't he? Top four. Top four. So that's saying something. I mean, <laughs> if an aggr- uh, I'm granted, you know, it's a barrage rocket uh, aggressor, but I mean, uh, it kind of makes you say, take a look at like the game. Like, don't just sometimes go and list fortress and copy pasta what you need to. Um, you can really kind of like make some fun things. Like, granted, you always have to take a look at the meta because people will copy pasta as much as they can. But I, I think at the same time, like. This game is still wide open, and I know some people will tell you otherwise, but I think at the same time, like, the game is in such a good state, and FFG, I think, is doing a tremendous job with these points adjustments and and making people figure things out. Like, I, I wouldn't say that, like, I mean, granted, there's certain things that I would absolutely practice against, but at the same time, you know, you kind of have to know your list, and I'll go into that a little bit, like, towards the later end of the episode when I talk about my day at Nova that you know, about knowing your list. Um, but let's move in. So the top table was, I believe it was Psy with the title, Darth Vader, Hate, Passive Sensors, Afterburners, and Echo with Juke, Passive Sensors, and Fifth Brother. So he just went completely out with Whisper and was just like, I'm just going to take Echo instead. And that's awesome. Like, he dropped an initiative level, and granted, like, Echo does that awesome Star Viper barrel roll when he decloaks, and he ended up winning the day. So, first, I'd like to congratulate David Kelly if you are listening to this podcast. Congratulations. Um, and then his the second was Marcus Morton with Anakin Skywalker, R2, Delta 7B, Obi-Wan, Sense, R2A6, CLT and Rick with Predator and R2. Um, so, like, yeah, okay, there's your meta right there. It is absolutely, we've seen that list pop up a whole lot. I, I've played it uh, at least twice during that weekend. Um, but, you know, first, I'd, like I said, I'd like to congratulate Marcus um, as well. So, what do you guys think about this? Like, do you think Echo, like, what, what made Echo really kind of break down? Like that list, like what was so good about Echo? Do you think people just didn't understand what Echo was doing, or do you think like the the flight pattern that he goes into, or do you think Echo was just kind of a flare to the list? I think it's really so, just a flare myself. But Jonathan, what do you think? So I played David Kelly back at the last at last Pax Unplugged, and at that time he was running a shuttle with Whisper and Echo, and he told me back then how much he loved Echo, and he is really good at um, recognizing those sort of unusual 45 degrees off kilter angles and taking advantage of that and putting echo in unusual places. So he was, he's a really good phantom player. And uh, yeah, so I think, and he is really like the people who really know how to fly echo fly her really well. Right. As a Imperial player, what do you think about this? I, I actually like it a lot. I mean, the the big problem with the last points change was you can't really get Vader and Whisper in a list together. And you know, he figured out I'm just going to drop down to Echo, which, um, you know, I I don't know if I would have made that call because I I just don't have experience with those decloaks. But I mean, he basically was able to get the same type of firepower. He was counting, I guess, on Echo's decloak, you know, 
options as kind of serving like a defensive buff, like Whisper gets. And Psy with the the title is just always, you know, great with that uh, focus target lock. It makes the shuttle so dangerous. Uh, the passive sensors on Vader, um, I, I've always really liked FCS, but um, he, he ran this right at 200 points. And you saw, uh, if you were watching on stream, how effective passive sensors was for him on Vader when he was able to uh, just, you know, get that barrel roll and target lock, uh, you know, at, you know, I infinity essentially to make sure he was he was getting the shot on whoever he wanted. Uh, so I, I thought it was a really great list. It was fun to watch him fly it. Um, all right. So are there any other lists? I mean, so there's one list in the cut that I do want to talk about other than all these other things. But we had Han Solo in the YT-1300 with Luke Gunner and Jake show up. Basically bust through to top eight. Like, uh, that's crazy. A two-ship list, I mean, it's essentially... It's not handbrake Han anymore, but I think at the same time, like, he had R2-D2 on there, Saul Guerrero. And, like, that's crazy to me that, like, we are, again, in the state of the game that, like, something like that can happen. Like, kudos to him for bringing a two-ship list that almost essentially revolves around uh, Han to do as much damage as possible to, you know, get there. And, and he got pretty unlucky to lose, actually. I was watching his top eight game, and there were just some crazy dice rolls um, when Han was defending that ended that game. Uh, it really looked like Han was going to be able to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, that would have been crazy if Han would have taken Nova, but... It's crazy. Um, I definitely enjoy the game right now. I've probably said that like 10 times right now. But let's go on to our days. Uh, so in typical Baron fashion, we'll start with the Jonathan. <laughs> Why don't you kick <laughs> us off? So, yeah. So in typical Baron's fashion, we start with who worst to best. So I started my day. So I actually won my first three games. Uh, my first game was against a Boba Guri. Oh, so I was flying uh, a variation on Rebel Beef. I had Braylon, uh, Biggs, Cassian in the U-Wing, and then um, uh, Partisan Renegade with Leia and came in at 200 points. My first game, I played against a Boba Guri, which was tough since both of his ships moved after me and could uh, pre they could uh, reposition... They one had uh, Boba had slave one and Guri had advanced sensors, but um, I was able to trap Guri, stripped off her stealth device and put a um, structural damage on the first round of combat, and then he ha- his Guri basically had to run, so I was able to win that one. My second game was against a scum control list, which I think Andrew you played against uh, Zach Smith, Zachary something. It was a forlom Koshka Frost. And C4? Yeah, I actually played him in the fifth round. Yeah, so I played him, and I was able to win that one because that it really relied on, like, Forlom jam. Like, Forlom is really good at, like, getting in your face and jamming things up, but I didn't really care as much because I had the U-Wings, and I was able to stop, and every time he passed the stress, I could pull the stress off with Cassian, and it wasn't a big deal, and I was able to burn Forlom down. He was a great opponent, good guy. I was able to win that. My third game was against four ship resistance, a pretty typical Jess, uh, Finn, Bastion. But for his fourth ship, he had a 
the Black Squadron Ace, and this was Craig Murphy, I think. And I know he, I'm pretty sure he did make the cut. And in that game, I was able to block his entire squadron with my partisan renegade, deny him his superior action economy, which he had, and then went and burn him down. I lost my fourth, fifth, and sixth game. In my fourth game, I played Mike Jem, and I will admit on air that I lost to a uh, to a Thai aggressor. So <laughs> he had Suntir with Predator, Pure Sabak with Shield Upgrade, Lieutenant Sai with Emperor Palpatine, and a Sinar Specialist with Barrage Rockets, and it came to 199. I asked him during the game why he chose the Sinar Specialist over the... Um, bomber and it was just a point cheaper and it gave him that uh one point bid and in our game it mattered because it let him uh, move before me to block me and it let him shoot with pure sabak first so that i couldn't put damage on pure sabak and negate his ability and uh i will totally admit he out aced me and uh danced around me and i and put a key block on cassian and was also K turned and S looped when I did not expect him to with his aces. So I lost that game. Um, in my fifth game, I played Joel Springer or Joel, uh, something like he played four Curex uh, fighters, cartel marauders, and a, um, and a star viper. So for me in this list, he had more bodies on the, he had more bodies on the board. He had more attack dice. And whereas I know that Chris would, Chris Apple, who's not here, he would, in facing such a list, he would talk about approaching from different angles and like outmaneuvering them and such. But my list, I don't really have those options. So I basically have to try to beat him in like the scrum, like pick the right moves. And I was thinking that. I have this advantage in the turn where we turn around because I can mitigate stress with Cassian and with Leia. But he, with all those extra bodies, he blocked me up really well. And, um, and so I lost that game. And he was a good opponent, great opponent. And, uh, and he went on to make cut. And then in my last game, I played against um, John DiMaggio, who is flying two arcs, Obi-Wan and uh, Rick Olay. And also, he's like I said, he's a great opponent, but I had not, I engaged the arcs, wasn't able to burn them down, and then uh, his aces came in on the side. And uh, yeah, I lost that game too. Uh, but uh, in Constellation, he was also a top eight player. So everyone I lost to did very well later. So yeah, I went, ended up three and three. I was a little disappointed then, but I, at the end of the day, but I learned a lot from my matches and um, I think I'm a better player for it. Didn't you do this last year where you went three wins and then three losses? I, I've done that multiple times at like Nova where I will be three and O oh, and then I'll lose multiple games. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. I, fe I felt really bad on saturday because friday night i was joking that you were finally going to be able to be here for the cut and then it'd be weird if you didn't actually make the cut this time oh and i, I felt really sad i felt so good after game three and then oh mike jam that he just dism he dismantled me and well you know there was a very key turn where pure sabak blocked cassian and if he hadn't i would have gotten a shot or and then it would have been very different and then, because in the end, 
his pure sabak was on one hall and his soon to and then but almost got him almost got him but uh no but uh, yeah and then um yeah the curaxes i was I'll admit, like facing the aggressor, I was really confident going in. I saw that and I was like, oh, I'll burn down Pure Sabak. I'll kill that Thai aggressor and then I'll just have to, and then Soon will have to run away. But it, it did not work out for me. All right, so I'll go next because I had no right to be in the cut. I <laughs> will say that. Um, so at the very, very last second, I tried so hard to bring Dengar to this tournament like i was like I, I can figure this out like i can do it if anyone can do it uh it's gonna be me so like i spent two three four weeks just putting dengar and nothing else on the table and like I, i'm not gonna lie he had results but in the end you can't bring dengar like i know there's maybe some jump masters that people are dabbling with and i'm not gonna lie there was a good amount of jump masters at nova it would be interesting to see how many were actually there. But, like, just walking up and down the aisles, I saw Dengar. Or not Dengar, I'm sorry. Most of it was Manaru. I think there was one or two tells there. But in the end, at the very last second, I was like, this isn't going to work. So late Friday night, I decided to switch my list to Ulterok, Fearless, with uh, Ketsu, with Fearless, Maul, and the title, and Talon Bane with Fearless. And I know people have been bringing uh, Cavill instead of uh, Talon Bane, but uh, just doing the math and like a little bit, like Talon Bane isn't bad. And like, I think when I was running Dengar, I tested Cavill a lot. And like, I just, the play style that I prefer, I, I definitely think uh, Talon Bane does have a spot in this list. So anyway, fast forward next day. I throw it on the table for the very first time, and I need to shake some rust off. My first two games, I just don't remember what I'm doing. I can't remember how to turn right with a large base because I have not been doing it with Dengar. So my second game, I completely just park Ketsu on a uh, obstacle in front of four T70s, which is not fun. So... It was a little bit hard to submarine back up. Um, I, you know, don't remember all my opponents, and I apologize, but I think at the same time, um, it, it was not in my right to, like, actually, like, you know, perform well. So I trucked through. I played Zach, and Zach, it was a great game. Um, not Zach on the cast. I'm sorry. What was uh, the other Zach that you played, Jonathan? Jonathan? I think it was uh, Zachary Smith. Zachary Smith. Um, yeah, with our the game literally game. Was that? With the scum control list. Yeah. It came down to the very last roll where um, he was able to proc a fuel leak onto Ketsu and do that single last damage. It, it was a great game. Um, he pulled out the win. And then uh, Matt, one of our local guys, I got to play him in the last and last round. And you could tell we were both exhausted. But I was able to pull out the win there, go 3-3. Three and three, And, you know, like I said, 3-3 three and three is... Uh, I would be on that boat of, you know, shouldn't be able to have to make the, or shouldn't make the cut, but I was able to sneak in because one of the 6-0 and scum players could not show up the next day. So I was the top 3-3 three and three player with uh, uh, my MOV. So next, Zach, do you want to share the story with me? <laughs> no. No. 
This is one of the best games of X Men yeah, no, ever. It was a great game. It was yeah, it was absolutely one of the best games of X Men I ever played. Um, going into this game, like it, it was, it was rough because I know Zach is one of the best players out there, and it it was hard. Like I mean, Zach with the double fire sprays. Um, I'll let him talk about his list for when he next. But um, I knew going to this, it was going to be an uphill battle. So basically, this was the top third or top sixty-four cut. It was a struggle push back, bef- you know, between every each, um, like roll. Like it was just constant. Like sometimes a lot of things went in my favor. I mean, he basically dropped a proximity bomb on Old Terok, and Old Terok rolls zero hits. Um, I was able to tractor beam, you know. Uh, what's his name? Cat Scarlet, not Cat Scarlet. It should be Cat Scarlet. Uh, Kashka Frost. Um, with Ketsu, Bobo, you know, is pot shot and everything. Uh, what it does, but in the end, what happens is Ketsu and Bobo exchange shots, and we go to final salvo. And it, because it's mutual destruction, the nine dice to the six dice just feels bad, and. Going back and looking at that game, I, I wish that was a game that was on stream because it was literally like one of the best games I've ever played. And I feel bad, Zach. I'm so sorry. I should not have been there. But at the <laughs> same time, like it, I had so much fun that entire weekend just flying that list. Like it, it was great. Um, just like recapping, I lost in the next game on stream. You can watch it because I won't. Um, but like, like I said, just recapping, like experiences that I had like it was so much fun I had such a blast that list I I think is crazy and I think I'm going to be running it a lot more like going into worlds and everything um I'm not sure if that's what I'm going to be taking but I I think if I were to have practiced that list a little bit more going into Nova I might have done a little bit better and I I would have had more practice maybe like in that top 32 cut list so uh, again a lot of these lists, you know, with the meta breakdown is you need to know what the top meta is, but you also need to learn your list as much as possible. Um, because just like I said, the rust of not being able to two turn with a large pace ship because you can't remember exactly how it fits is something that you need to do. So like uh, practice with your list is absolutely key. And that that is one of the big takes that I took from this uh, weekend is that like you should know your list ins and out. Um and I think that's definitely what I learned this weekend. But I'm going to pass it to Zach. Zach, if you would like to talk about your list, because you were the top scum player of day one. That's actually a great segue, what you're saying about knowing your list. Um, so yeah, so what my list was, I was flying double fire spray. Uh, I had Boba with Proximity Mines, Perceptive Copilot, and the Slave 1 title, and Kashka Frost. Who's that? She's the one that gets a reroll if you're stressed. Uh, with Lone Wolf, Proximity Mines, Perceptical Pilot, Marauder, and Skilled Bombardier. But I think so. I ended up going five and one on my day on Friday, and a big part of that is just fire sprays. I've been flying fire sprays since they came out in 1.0, especially double fire spray towards the end of 1.0 was all I flew for like the last six months because i stopped caring about anything else because the world was a sad sad place and fire sprays made me happy 
Uh, but yeah, so like I just I knew my list inside and out. Like I knew how to fly them. I knew what I was doing with them. I knew what to do in most situations. There were a ton of situations throughout the day that I wasn't like, well, here's my three options. I need to pick which one I want to do. So like I think exactly what you said, Andrew. Like know your list. If you know your list, you'll do well, even if it's not super optimal. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, 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 even just like simple things um, with your list, like you can mistake and it, it could cost you a game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, running down my Friday. Uh, so round one on Friday, I was on stream. If you want to check that out, go right ahead. Uh, I was against Jesse B. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Uh, he's running a sinker swarm. Uh, yeah, I ended up being able to like split apart Boba and Kath early and then draw him in on Kath. And then she kind of ran while Boba came in and was just a cat amongst the pigeons. And uh, was able to finally just slowly kind of pick things off. Uh, I hit three out of four bombs there. That's what I'm going to count throughout the day. How many of my four bombs did I hit in each game? Three out of four there. Uh, set led into second round where I went up against Chris Terwilliger, who was running Rebel Beef. Uh, I liked his list. It was just like Cassian, Wedge, Braylon, Beef. He just slotted in Arvel with Intimidation as the fourth ship. Instead of, you know, what we had pre-points change. So it's definitely like intimidating. Uh, but I was able to come out with it. Like I was able to trade Wedge for um, like half on boba and then just kind of start slowly doing cleanup uh the best part was that it, it ended up being braylon against kath or not against koshka 1v1 which is just hilarious as braylon stressing himself and koshka's like cool i have two focus tokens and rerolls now yeah i i sorry to interrupt i had that exact situation against zachary smith where he had a kashka frost and i had a braylon and i'd have to think do i stress myself i give myself re-rolls i give him re-rolls who benefits more yep All right, sorry to interrupt no exactly that like i don't blame him for stressing at all like two re-rolls is better than one i guess but i mean yeah it's it's a toss-up it's a, it's a tough call uh end up winning that one uh then after lunch i played tim hilton i was two minutes late i got a penalty point i believe i'm the only one on the podcast with a penalty point joel joel awarded me 99 penalty points after my stream game so sorry or cole i'm sorry not joel cold yeah now you just got another 99 there we go uh but yeah so played tim hilton he was running sabine kanan and nora he had like a really funny tricky interaction with kanan because he had sense and cassian and or crew on there so he would sense look at my dial then guess my maneuver and speed allowed get it correct and then change his dial which again was kind of similar to braylon with koshka that's really hilarious with boba moving after you so you change your dial, and then I change my dial. So that one also went my way. That one was pretty funny. Uh, and then round four is when I went up against Terry. Terry's my boy. That was a great game. I lost, but it was a lot of fun. He was running Resistance, Poe, Nian, and Covenel. And it was just, it was a fun game. I like traded Poe 
for Koshka, essentially. And then I also had Nia Numb pretty beat up, but Nia Numb had R2 on him and was able to run away and regen. So it ended up being um, Boba against Nian and Kova. And just in the end, like had a couple things that like could have gone my way. A couple bad crits at the end. I got a double stress on Boba. So I couldn't really run away or do anything tricky. So he got me like right before time was called. But he had the game in the bag already. So, but it was a great game. He was a great player. Me and him like hung out a bunch more at Nova, talked to each other a bunch throughout like the next couple of days. Uh, and he was super cool. So then I submarined. I got dropped down to the uh, three and one pool where I played Raymond Fox, who was running. Uh, what was he running? He was running something first order. Uh, quick draw. Two SFs with Fanatical and Scorch. And this was the first of my two dirty wins. Like, this win felt really bad. Because I, like, I don't blame dice, but Ray's green dice were atrocious. Like, Scorch, range three, no modifiers, took two hits and a crit. And it had a focus. And then just like throughout the rest of the game, just couldn't roll an evade to save his life. So that game actually ended pretty quickly. Um, which then got me into the last round, which meant I was already in the cut and went up against Josh Holt, who was running the Anakin Obi-Wan build, the two ship list, which was super intimidating for my two ship list, but also great. You should only ever have four ships on the board between two people. It's the way X-Wing should be played. A man's game. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. You're with me. So so many people are triggered right now, but so many people are like, you. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, Jonathan. It's not a list unless it has four to five ships in it. Or six. Four to five. Or six or seven. Two. You need two. It's the minimum you're allowed to bring, and that's all you need. Uh, but no, it was a super fun game. He ended up just making one mistake where he thought he dialed in a one hard one direction but it actually dialed in a one hard the other direction and i was able to take anakin off the board after two shots and a bomb dropped on him um so yeah that was my day so i ended up going five and one uh and yeah ended up as the top scum player on day one just netted me some sweet mandalorian range rulers and then i lost to andrew in a really really good game yeah Stupid nine dice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, blah, blah. Zach. I still love you. I still love you too. Like I said, I I really wish we could have recorded that game. Just everything about that game, like just to look back and like kind of like dissect it. Like, I, I maybe I, I might have to look into something just to like record my own games and kind of dissect them to so like we could like look into things because it was the only funny. Way we I was... to do it is on stream. It was funny, I was thinking the same thing. I was looking at the uh, GoPro head cams of just getting that and wearing that during all my games. Yeah. So I can go back and dissect everything that I did. Right. Because one of the things I honestly, I'll be a little bit conceited, I did come home last night and turn on my stream game. I wanted to see how I flew. <laughs> uh, and actually it was super helpful. Like It was helpful for me to like look back and try and think through, like, alright, why did I decide to do that? What else could I have done there? Like, it was useful. I wouldn't mind doing it again. 
Yeah, maybe right. we'll have something like this in the future for future content. <laughs> yeah, let's look into some nice head cams and then we can, you know, <laughs> face off against each other looking ridiculous. All right. Hey, that'll be our next sponsorship. <laughs> All right. Um, so, do you have anything to uh, recap for the day or the weekend? Like, uh, did you learn anything? We'll say that. Uh, things I learned. Uh, like you said, Andrew, know your list. If you know your list really well, it's a much easier run uh other thing like I, i've stressed this before like i stressed this after doing well with four viewings at pax did well with three uh jedi at the regional here and just did well with two fire sprays i don't know if you guys are seeing a trend but if you only fly one ship you only have to memorize one dial simplicity not wrong Simplicity is super nice. But a list has to have two ships in it, Zach. All right, well, two ships with the same dial because they're the same <laughs> ship. You could fly the ghost. Could you fly the ghost with a docked shuttle? Does you that count? absolutely could. You yeah. can. Then you'd only have one. And you'd right. be full on Hera. Or you could do a uh, houndstooth with a Nash step up. Yeah. Just, yeah, we need to make this a bounty. Anyone that, like... Does just like a it, all right? So we got the Houndstooth, the Scum YT thirteen hundred, and the uh, Ghost with a ship docked. Because if it's in deploy or if it's in reserve, it still counts as being on the board. So that's true. There we go. All there right, me so, But yeah, uh, takeaway: if you're going to a big tournament, honestly, look at trying to make a simple list. Like, if you make something simple, you're not going to be as fried throughout the day, and you're going to continuously make better choices. I've said it before. It's still what I do whenever I go to a big tournament. That's my advice. And hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. All right. Uh, so, Brett, you made it to top 16, so you have the floor. Oh, yeah. So I came into this weekend, and I really had no idea what to fly. Um, I, I, I know Andrew saw it. I mean, I brought a stack of, like, 10 different list printouts. Um of you know different variations of, of what to fly. I finally decided Friday night uh, over a beer to go with uh, a triple Jedi list. Um, that was uh, one I had flown in a local tournament before. It was uh, Obi-Wan with Calibrated and Sense, and uh, then two Regen 7Bs, um, Plo and Mace, and Mace had uh, Heightened Perception on there. Um, so I was came in at 197, uh, trying to give myself a little bit of a bid that actually ended up being uh, pretty important throughout the day. Um, so my uh, my first opponent was um, his name is Noah. I'm not going to mess up his last name, but uh, he was actually playing in his first tournament ever. So I was his first opponent in a tournament. I was feeling pretty confident about that, and he's got. Uh, Jendon and three Thai advanced X1s, none of which are named Vader. It's Merrick, uh, Zertic, and the one that lets you change the dial. I don't even know its name at this point. Um, yes, thank you. And he just really flew the heck out of those things uh, and, and ended up taking me down in a pretty close game. So I, I started out feeling really bad about... Uh, about my choices and, and how things were going. Um, and then uh, I was happy to see second round, I got paired with Levi Roth, who I don't know if you know him, but he's in Kappa Squadron. So I, 
I, I'm kind of familiar with him uh, just as a Pennsylvania player. Uh, he was running Fenguri and uh, a generic YT1300, um, which I don't think I'd ever seen before on the table. And we, we had a, a pretty close game there. I got some some really key blocks on Gurry because it was not advanced sensors Gurry. Um, you should always run advanced sensors Gurry, in my opinion, to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen. Um, but so I, I came out of that with a very big win and uh, and, and kind of was writing my day at that point. Uh, I then played Josh Orlinski. Um, that game was the, the only game I had that didn't really come down to, you know, a 200 point win basically for for one side or, or very close to it i ended up taking off cassian and braylon um and my ships were in touch so uh i feel like if we had more time i would have been able to pull it out but wedge was still on the board so who knows um round four i played josh benjamin who uh who i, I said to him god you you sound like your name is familiar um why do i know you he said oh, i'm the guy who had a 19 point bid at gen con um who got top four. So I was pretty intimidated going into that. He had Jendon and three supernatural uh, inquisitors with concussion missiles. Um, and uh, I got to say our, our Nova prep podcast really helped me for this. When we were just talking about, just make sure you, you get all of your shots on the same inquisitor if you ever want to kill it. And uh, that's, that's exactly what I just spent the entire game focusing on. And uh, they do die. It turns out if you can get three, uh, three big modified shots on them. Uh, so that, that was a good win. Um, so at that point I am uh, three and one and feeling like, all right, you know, I, I can probably win one of my next two games. And I got paired up with Jesse Van Wick, who was flying uh, the list that in my heart of hearts, I wish I had flown. Probably it was uh, Vader, Suntir and Duchess. Um, and, you know, I, I just love the Imperial Aces and uh, this was the worst game of X-Wing I've ever had in my entire life. It was done in about 20 minutes. Um, I almost got 200 owed. The only way I didn't get 200 owed was because my heightened perception, which had been basically useless all day, I was able to trigger to get the last point of damage on Vader to get half points. And uh, I screamed like I had just won the freaking Nova Open. I was so excited to not get tabled. <laughs> uh, so that was a horrible loss. Uh, 200 to like 36. Um, so at this point now, I'm, I'm thinking there's no way I can come back from a loss like that. Um, and I get paired up with uh, Kevin Cornell, who was running a, a very popular uh, resistance list that I think there were probably like four or five of. Uh, it was uh, Temin Wexley with Composure, Jess, uh, Lieutenant Bastion, and Finn with Heroic uh, Optics and... Uh, perceptive co-pilot. I thought it was pattern analyzer at first, but it turns out it was optics. Um, and that, that game just could not have gone any better for me. Um, you know, I, my three point bid there allowed me to make sure I could move uh, all of my ships last. And uh, I barely got shot the whole game, uh, which took me to four and two made the cut. Uh, I was the number three um, Republic player. So I was feeling uh, really good at that point. Um, and then Andrew sends out the uh, the pairings, and I see I'm paired with Chance Crawford, uh, you know, who's a Liberty Squadron local and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your entire life. And I was just so bummed that, you know, just like Andrew and Zach, I was going to have to play someone local, uh, which meant that, you know, we had five Liberty Squadron people who made it into the cut. Four of us got paired together. It was it just really sucked that that was the way it worked out. <laughs> um. And Chance was running uh, Chris Apple's list, basically, which is Kylo, Quick Draw, and Tavson. 
Um, but he uh, he had dropped a couple of upgrades to get down to 197. Uh, so he actually won the initiative roll and uh, passed it to me, obviously. Uh, so I was I was feeling really really nervous at that point, but uh, I was able to catch Quick Draw in a in a bad spot and really punish him. Uh, he he died in one round, and then I was able to to just avoid Tafson, which is something I typically am really really bad at. Uh, so that took me to the top 32, where I played Daniel Fiorentina, um, who was an exceptionally nice guy, who was running that same Temin, Jess, Bastion, Finn list I, I talked about before. Um, and, I mean, I'd already had practice on that. The, the list, my list is kind of like a hard counter to that one almost. Uh, so that, that game, um, it, it went in my favor. I did almost make a stupid mistake at the end that at least gave him a chance to, to get a lucky dice roll, but uh, fortunately that did not not go against me. Uh, and that took me to the top 16 where I played uh, Marcus, who ended up coming in second place. Uh, and he was running the Rick Anakin uh, CLT Obi-Wan list. Um, and that, that game, uh, it, it was very swingy back and forth as far as variants went. I was able to to really capitalize early and just nuke his Rick before he could do anything. And then nothing could go my way the rest of the day. Um, and uh, yeah, I was able to get half on, on Anakin at the end. Um, again, thanks to heightened perception, which made my MOV, not that it mattered, look a little better. Um, but uh, that was where it ended top 16. Um, but I was, I mean, I'm thrilled with it. It, it was a really good showing my first time at Nova. And uh, that was one of the best tournaments I've ever been to. Uh, Paul Heaver ran such a great ship. Those judges were on top of everything, and uh, they, they were so accommodating, so helpful. Um, it, it was a wonderful weekend, a really great experience. I can't wait to go back. Cool. All right, so I want to thank everyone for listening. A um, couple things just to recap through the weekend. A, I'd like to thank Paul Heaver for running a great show. Like, uh, the all the Nova judges, they were walking up and down the aisles. Make sure everyone has a great time. So it, it was definitely great to see everyone out there. Um, it, it is absolutely one of the best cons out there, um, especially for X-Wing, because they do all these other side events, too, that you might see. Like, they have the Hunger Games, they have the Era tournaments, all that fun stuff. Um, so hey, I, I'd love to love that they put the show on every year. So definitely thanks to them um, for doing all of this for the X-Men community. I think overall we had like a – I think it was just under 200 players for the Nova Open, um, which is the first Nationals basically series of the uh, of the grand, new Grand Championship. So I, I know there's two more to look forward to, but moving forward, um, I think we're going to start looking to Worlds Prep and everything like that. I mean – we have a couple more hyperspace trials in the area that we're going to do, but I think for the most part, everyone in this area is looking towards that. Um, so I hope we didn't bore you this episode. I know we generally don't do recaps, but we kind of just wanted to put some content out for you guys to listen to our experiences this weekend. Uh, hopefully you learned something that from what we talked about this uh, week. Um, and next week we should be back with content that, you know, just met, break down all the meta, like talk about new ships. Well, I mean, we have the Nantex and the new B or U-Wing coming, or not U-Wing, the new Y-Wing, Y-wing coming out soon. Um, so I'm sure we'll be talking about that very soon. Um, anything else from you guys, you guys want to say before we close out? 
Uh, I'd like to give uh, two shout outs. Uh, I'd like to shout out Mike Bird uh, from East Coast Gamers. Thank you so much for the cards that you sent. Uh, they are amazing and awesome. And then I also want to give a shout out to Ken Cho at District Foundry. I am wishing you, a, we are all wishing you a good and speedy recovery uh, from your recent illness. All right. Um, anyone else? Any shout outs? I just want. I just want to give a shout out to everyone there from Liberty Squadron. This was such a fun weekend, and it was mostly because of you guys. Just hanging out and, and getting to spend a lot of time with you was a really great time. Cool. Uh, and I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, definitely. It's always Second great day. seeing you guys come down. Um, Zach, you got any shout outs? Brett stole mine because he's a thief. Oh. Stupid Brett. <laughs> I love you too, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Love you. Definitely. Uh, the Liberty Squadron guys always, you know, you, you guys make the community. So thanks, everyone that isn't on the podcast, everyone that is on the podcast. I know Chris couldn't be here tonight because um, Chris didn't want to talk about his experience. Uh, JK. But I, like I said, I, I want to thank everyone. I want to thank everyone in the community, everyone down in the D.C. area and the North Virginia area. You guys are fabulous and Every time you guys do a tournament, it is great. On that note, Patreon rewards. Your thank you notes will be coming out this week. I will be filling out everything, and we should have some new swag. I got some new alt art coming right around the corner, so I'm going to send out a couple of things. Um, I, I know this month might be a little bit late, but don't worry. I got more things right around the corner for you guys. So if you are a fan of the show, help support us. If you go to patreon.com, it'll be in our show notes um support us there you know we have the best alt arts in the world no one else can say that they do and check us out on facebook at the liberty squadron facebook page so other than that again i want to thank everyone for listening have a good night